Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to be together tonight. Hope we came with hearts expecting to receive from him. Because I think God is always, he's demonstrated his faithfulness to feed us. It just depends on the level of hunger that we have. That how much we get out of what he has for us tonight. So if you haven't had a chance, you can still ask him to to feed you tonight, to give us what we need, to make it personal. There's still time. Not that God is limited just by that, but it's always so much better when we come expecting uh, to receive from Him and to be a part of what He's doing. <clears throat> in, uh, in 1 Kings, there's a verse that uh, I read a few weeks ago, a few nights ago or something like that. It's... Uh, when Solomon was, uh, was blessing the temple, remember? Uh, after the temple was completed <clears throat> and he gave some very long, long prayers. Um, might remind you of someone here. Um, <laughs> um, at the end of one of his prayers, he prayed this. He said, uh, if you're looking for it in 1 Kings 8, 17, it says, The Lord our God be with us as he was with our fathers, let him not leave us nor forsake us. And this is the verse that caught my attention. That he may incline our hearts unto him to walk in all his ways and to keep his commandments and his statutes and his judgments, which he commanded our fathers. God made all these commandments and all these statutes and all these things that he would wants us to walk into, but he's also inclining our hearts so that we can walk, so that we have the ability to walk in what he, those commandments that he gave us. And um, he's doing that. And um, that word incline, I think, means to be, to dispose yourself off, to be willing, to make yourself available. You know, I added a couple of things there, but basically that. Um, it, it, it does take a, a, a coming before him and saying, Lord, here I am today. Here, here we are tonight. We're gathering here in faith that you are going to feed us, that you're going to give us just what we need individually, not just corporately, but God has a way to meet us, to meet every one of us where we are at. And, um, and you know how he does that with, with just the few things that we do together, we have no idea, but he is faithful to do that. Um, and, uh, and it's so much better when we come before him and say, Lord, uh, feed me tonight. I need, I need your word tonight. I need your strength. Uh, I need uh, the sustenance for tomorrow and for later tonight. Um, and he's able to give us that and, uh, and wanting to give us that if we ask him. Amen. 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 Lord, we thank you for this evening. We thank you, Lord, for this gathering. Thank you for your Holy Spirit that is here, Lord, and your presence. And we, we come before you, Lord. We quiet our hearts, quiet our souls, Lord, and ask you to... Speak to us and meet us tonight, Lord. Be, let your anointing be here, Lord. Let the impartation of your word, of the worship, touch all our hearts, Lord. We open our hearts. Amen. Okay, let's gather.
Lord, we look to you. We look to you for your word to be clear. We look to you for your convicting power to minister to every vessel in the house, that we might be those, Lord, that would be touched by your Holy Spirit and go out profited. In Jesus' name. Lord has uh, been speaking to me a lot about gathering. I can't get it off my mind. We are people who have chosen to gather regularly. We have these services. We have meals together. We live in houses with others. In fact, most people who are perhaps unfamiliar with the way we live when they first arrive here are somewhat shocked about the way we live in houses with others. My sister was quite impressed when she visited a few years ago <laughs> that we would actually do that. And, uh, but it's not magic. I want to start in Ephesians chapter 1. Because I believe this is where gathering really starts. And where gathering is maintained. And in the end, where gathering will actually end. Sometimes I have to think about what my hands are doing, too. Okay. We can start in, uh, let's see, verse 7. This is one of those long sentences. <laughs> in whom we have redemption through his blood, that's Jesus' blood, the forgiveness of sin according to the riches of his grace, wherein he hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure which he hath purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times, It's an interesting phrase, the fullness of times. Because in my head, I've always kind of put that at the end. And I read this recently and came, to, came awake to the idea that this is actually where it starts. He's gathering currently all things together in one. Now, let me say that there is a time. One of the uh, very familiar uh, phrases in the Old Testament is when somebody dies, they're gathered unto their fathers. Right? And in fact, of Moses and uh, Aaron in particular, it not only tells us that they were gathered to their fathers, but it tells us where they were gathered to their fathers. 
Mount Hor for Aaron, um, Mount Nebo for Moses. There's a time and a place. And there is a gathering that's going on. And the gathering uh, in the fullness of times is kind of finished then. Presuming you die and go through the veil. Either you're with them or you're not at that point, I think. I mean, nobody really knows since none of us have actually made that transition yet. But I would infer from the word that the likelihood is that at that point it's really decided where you will be eternally. And right now, we're in the fullness of time, which he has made available to us to demonstrate whether we want to be gathered with him or not. And he's gathering all things together in one. I can't say that strong enough. The war is on to be one with him. If we're one with him, we won't have any trouble with anybody else. And that's my main thesis tonight. So I'll say it again. If we are one with him, we won't have any trouble with anybody else. Now, having lived here for 40 some years, I'm sure there are members who have perhaps on occasion had a problem with me personally. Um, and I'm very sure that there are members that I've had a problem with personally. <laughs> but if that's the case, you really do want to consider what it means about your union with Christ. And do your homework there. When Jesus hung on the cross, he forgave everybody their sins. Past, present, future. We're here tonight believing we are completely forgiven, completely clean. And that's a hard, hard thing to swallow all the way. And so we have opportunity to walk it out and grow in the measure of our union with Christ. But I, I want to say it again. If you're really in this fullness of dispensation of time, which for us is right now, we're alive. If you're really being gathered to Christ, you will be able to forgive. He will enable you to forgive. He will work that in your heart. And he will give you as much space as you need to get that right. As long as you keep going to him. And you won't ever get it right if you don't go to him. In the end, all things, it says that, right? Read it again that in the dispensation of the fullness of times he might gather together in one all things in Christ, 
both which are in heaven and which are on the earth, even in him. In whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him, who works all things after the counsel of, of his own will. And this is what he is actually doing. It's after his counsel, and it says that we should be, this is the end of the sentence, that's why I'm going there, that we should be to the praise of his glory, who first trusted in Christ. And so, every day we get the opportunity to trust that Christ is keeping us together, that he's working out whatever difficult thing needs to be worked out, that we can yield our own thoughts in a given matter to consider somebody else's seriously. You know, I, I walk through any given day and I have a thought about the meal. I have a thought about how clean the entryway to the school is or the entryway to this building is. I have thoughts about all kinds of stuff. And sometimes I get a little bit up in arms. I don't know about you. And in all those thoughts, in all that thinking, we have the opportunity to allow the Holy Spirit to convict. And that's the means, the means to the end. We've been gifted with the Holy Spirit. And if we listen to him, he will draw us into oneness with Christ. And in the process, deal with whatever hardship is dividing us currently. And I find, personally, from numerous th times, that most, most likely what's going to happen is I'm going to change the way I'm thinking about something. Somebody else might change, too. That, <laughs> that, uh, that might happen. But in the end, it's my humble opinion that wasn't so humble that needs to be yielded. Okay, um, let's turn to Matthew chapter 25 next. Because one of the things that really does have to happen if this gathering is really going to work is that we have to be able to see Christ when he's hungry. 
when he's thirsty, when he's in jail. Now, why does somebody go to jail? As far as I know, it's because they've been found guilty of something criminal. And yet Christ is there in jail somehow. How did he get guilty? Who judged him? Unfortunately, that's what we do to each other. Why would somebody be hungry here? Or thirsty? Need the meat of the word. Need a drink of water. Some of that living water. That's supposed to flow out of our bellies. Right? These things are very real. And it says in Matthew 25, I'm, I'm going to read it just because, because. Uh, in verse 31, when the Son of Man shall come in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory, and before him shall be gathered all nations. Now that's a gathering. And it's a gathering that's coming. And he shall separate them one from another, as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. And he shall set the sheep on his right hand, and but the goats on the left. Then the king shall say unto them on his right hand, Come, ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and ye gave me meat. I was thirsty, and ye gave me drink. I was a stranger, and ye took me in. Naked, and ye clothed me. I was sick, and ye visited me. I was in prison, and ye came unto me. And this is the part that um, indicates we're really talking about right now. Then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee hungry and fed thee, or thirsty and gave thee drink? When saw thee a stranger and took thee in, or naked and clothed thee? Or when saw we thee sick or in prison and come unto thee? If you're gathered with Christ, you will see Christ. He recognizes himself. And you will be aware of the hunger or the thirst or the nakedness or the prison. Changes the whole view this gathering does. What do I do with that paper? Can I take it out? I had a T. Austin Sparks, which I really wanted to read, but I guess my wife gave it to me, but somehow it's not there anymore. Okay, um, the bottom line is of uh, this T. Austin Sparks is from February. Is there's no training, 
we're supposed to be growing up, we're supposed to be being, being trained. There's no training apart from life in the family. And for part of it, I thought he was actually speaking about the natural family, and I think he is, partly speaking about the natural family. But it became clear when I read the whole thing that he was really talking about this family and Christ's family wherever you might find it. Certainly not limited to these walls or this property. His family's there. And the real training takes place there. As we work through the things we need to work through with each other. And to be an effective minister, it only happens as the Holy Spirit softens hard hearts. He will soften hard hearts. He's in the business. And we see Christ. And we feed him. Give him a drink of some of that living water. Find the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit to really set somebody out of prison. I know... We don't see the fullness of that yet. Um, Kathy's circumstance is prison for her. She's a very articulate, physically capable woman. And I, you know, Whatever God's purpose is in the affliction, we have to see it right. He does have a purpose. He's not just letting it happen, unaware. And there are afflictions all around the room like that. And then there's the other stuff, the stuff you know that ought not to be. We go to Hebrews 12 now. I didn't read the part about the goats. Of course, there is the opportunity to not see. Hebrews chapter Verse 14 says, Follow peace with all men and holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. Looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. And then I have to turn the page, so I want to go to... Verse 22, 
But you are come unto Mount Zion, unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly of the church, of the firstborn, which are written in heaven, and to God, the judge of all, and to the saints of just men made perfect. That general assembly is more than today. I mean right now. This assembly. This is certainly an assembly, and it certainly has its purpose. But the assembly happens in the job site, potentially working with people who have no connection at all. And perhaps God put them there for such a time as this. That they might be gathered. He intends to gather all things in one. And he isn't going to fail. He's going to use us. And we, as the general assembly of the firstborn are in the process of becoming perfect men. What does it say there at the end? I'm going to read it right. And to the spirits of just men made perfect. Okay. So we're in the process there of being made perfect. And that's not news to you, but what is what perhaps is news to you is that in that process, the means is all around you. And when you least expect it, it creeps up out of nowhere. And you might call it division even. God's working to make it one. And if we're actually joined to him, I want to go back to that because this is individual. It's not. There will be a great white throne judgment at the end and he'll separate the sheep from the goats. And in the fullness of time, there will be a judgment on every head in the room, wherever that is. And whatever time that might be, but on the way, we have an opportunity to be just men made perfect and to not be caught by this root of bitterness. Looking diligently, lest any man fail the grace of God. How can you fail the grace of God? Bitterness will do it. Unforgiveness will do it. In fact, it says fairly strongly out of the mouth of Jesus himself that if you don't forgive a brother, you yourself are not forgiven. And hence there are wars and divisions and strife. Okay.
turn back a couple of pages to Hebrews 10. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, verse 23, for he is faithful that promised. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and good works. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. One of the worst parts of the whole COVID thing was this thing called social distancing. And some days I don't want to assemble. I don't know about you. Sometimes at 6.30 in the morning, my bed feels really good. <laughs> you know, it's a funny place where people would get up at 6.30 in the morning and hike through until fairly recently, three or four feet of snow and ice to get to breakfast with some attempt to be on time. <laughs> it can be done with little kids. <laughs> I remember. <laughs> Thankful I don't have to anymore. <laughs> But you know, it didn't hurt the little kids or me. And part of the reason I stand here tonight is because in that training process, Christ trained me. And the kids sure do a real good job of that, from my perspective. That's a gathering too, your family. And it's a gathering we really want to guard. I am so thankful that most of the time we really could eat together and can and do. But it's a choice all the time. It's a choice to pursue. And the only thing I want to say about that further is if you go through a season, whatever the the season might be, where getting here is, seems to be more trouble than it's really worth. It probably says something about your connection. And I have found that to be very true. Um,
We have such a buffet in breakfast time. Of all kinds of food. If you can't find something to eat at breakfast, it's probably because you just don't feel like eating, eating anything, truthfully. Because there is food available. There's food at lunch. Again, the buffet. I mean, the salad bars are quite something nowadays. The issue isn't the food. The issue never was the food. The issue is, do you want to be gathered? Is there value in just coming to lunch with a bunch of little kids? School lunch, that is. Since I'm here regularly, I see that fairly often. <laughs> it's my job. I mean, you know, I'm the teacher. I, it's what we do. What teachers do, I mean. Is sit with the children train them. And it happens at lunch as well as at school. It happens at dinner. It happens in the morning at breakfast. You're training them in something. And we want to be training them to gather. It says in Luke 11, I won't make you turn there, but it does say in Luke 11, he that doesn't gather scatters. Now, is it magic to show up here for all the meals? Is it magic to... Um, I don't know. I don't know how to define the legality of it because the legality isn't the thing. The thing is being gathered with Christ and really being together and one with him. So flavor what I'm saying with that because this is not about everybody showing up all the time. I mean, for a long part of our history, it really was fairly mandatory. And you really would hear about it if you didn't. This is a free will offering. And if it doesn't suit your will, you might want to wonder why. Because God is gathering all things together as one in Christ. And he who doesn't gather is scattering. However that means for you individually. Is it the same to watch service on Facebook? Well, certainly better than not. Perhaps. Is it good to hear opening that way? I'm very thankful we can make the provision. 
But it's not a substitute, not really. Because the training happens in the gathering. Circumstances come up, I know they do. Children get sick, of course they do. Back in the day, we didn't have Facebook, and if you missed an opening, you just plain missed it. You didn't even have the recording set up, really. We are blessed, the provision that God has made to make sure we can get to the Word, to make sure that we can participate in the gathering. It's, it's amazing to me. It's also amazing to me that Gabe's out of town and I can't figure out what's wrong with this thing. <laughs> so, the take home is this. You really, Christ's whole intent, his only intent is to build this family this family and all the other parts of it on the earth. His only intent is to bring it all together in one. His only intent is to dissolve this thing that masquerades as the Christian church. And that might include this place. We certainly aren't immune. He's gathering all things together in one. And we need to participate in that gathering. When you participate in that gathering with Christ individually, the family comes very automatically. and the capacity to endure hardship with each other is a real thing. Somebody can say something that really is offensive and you can get through it. I can get through it. Somebody can hold a grudge for years and years and years. We can get through it. because God is helping us through. <laughs> I think I'm done. This is not working, is that right? Yeah. This does work? Okay. Thank you, Ted. Appreciate the heart of this and the way the uh, the delivery. I think we need to hear it in softness because we're understanding this. That we we can't do this. I mean, it sound it used to sound like a good idea. You know, gathering and what we're doing we're doing together, and we were hip hip and array, and then we realized that. Uh, Apart from really connecting and rooting ourselves spiritually with God, we don't, we don't have a chance. It, left to our own, 
in just the gravitational forces, they're pulling us away, not, not together. So he, he brought a good point. Um, you know, if, if we're not wanting to gather or there's resistance, we, we, we ought to consider, um, are we in, how's our fellowship with, with, with God in that sense? Um, and I was thinking here, I thought of this before, uh, just coming into service, actually, you know, just, we have so many different situations among us here. And um, I was talking with somebody today who's here tonight, and I, I came away just deeply burdened for what's, where they're at with the physical situation and just the uncertainty of it. And um, how much, how much we value the gathering and what it affords us and, and um, how much we desire it really depends uh, in some cases on where we sit. And I don't, I mean, I don't mean like what, you can sit in the same place all the time. It doesn't, that's not what I'm talking about. It's your perspective and where you are. And there are some here um, who are desperate for God to move. Desperate. Would you agree? And thank God that we're not all there at the same time. You know, like sometimes when, you know, husband and wife, thank God, you know, or family, you know, whatever. And, and uh, if you're not there, you know, you, it's like you can kind of, in a way, take it or leave it. There's not, there's not the hunger. But when you really are in need, it's like you, you, there's something in you that you crave the fellowship. You, 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 you rely on, it's not weakness. It, it's really, uh, it's, there's something within you and me that, that it's like I, I need to be strengthened. And that's okay. That's part of why we are together. You know, that when we can come together and you have a need, you listen for everything. You, to the hungry man, every bitter thing is sweet. Like, you, you, you don't take anything for granted. I'm talking about your perspective. When, you're, when you are dealing with an, infli a, 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 an affliction or a spiritual need or an impasse. Is that right? Like... Somebody will say something, and if you're if you're content and everything seems to be going your way, like you can, it can go right over you. But when when you're when you're there, like you you listen, like you take you take it home and you you ponder it, and you really value when someone just the contact, however in whatever fashion. I felt like the Lord, you know, I was. Ted mentioned this to me this morning. He said after I prayed, I, I prayed about just the, the burden for the fellowship and the gathering and that we really fight for the house. And it uh, wasn't too long after breakfast that it was really uh, apparent that, that I needed that. Like I was faced with some sizable uh, potential offenses where I was working and then, uh, and then it, I had something happen to me where I could have been offended, right? Just 
over s s stuff that really doesn't have any eternal value. So I know the Lord is, is, uh, is touching on this, right? We, there's a, it's very easy to be offended and, and, and the big D word pops up, division. And you feel entitled to division. But I will read this in Nehemiah. You know, as soon as they were getting some headway and starting getting the, the walls coming together and closing the breaches. And I admire, it's like I, uh, anybody that steps up in, in, to in their, their intent is to close a breach and not further it. Takes no capacity to further a breach. To widen it. We're pretty, we can be pretty crafty. And get a lot of spirit help too. Because here we see the enemies. They were, it says they were wroth when they heard about it. And they joined together. That's what happened. The enemy joins forces when there's division. And, he, and he, he's not just some enemy out there. It's, he uses a body, right? But anyway, in closing, it says, they prayed, but they also set a watch. I like that. They, they did something. They took some action, ultimately. Prayer, and they took some action. They did some things mechanically to try to, to, to stay together and to alert each other on the wall where the enemy was coming in. Right? There's things that you and I can do that will stop division. Right? We can, there are some things that can be done. Anyway, you think about what, what that would mean for you. But it says, And I looked and I rose up and said to the nobles and the rulers and the rest of the people, Be not afraid of them. Remember the Lord. That's a reference point. It would default back. Oh, remember for the Lord's sake. I don't give a rip about somebody. If they hurt me, so what? But for the Lord's sake. Oh, that's the hook. Remember the Lord, right? Remember the Lord. Thank you for saying amen, Evan. <laughs> Which is great and terrible. And fight with your brethren. Oh, no. <laughs> I read that wrong. Fight for your brethren. Your sons and your daughters, your wives, your houses, your gathering. Oh, there's a lot at stake. So the Lord help us tonight with this. Amen.